here on part number three of a five-part series. I've told you each week in this series, or at the beginning of the series, how I, in my own life, have been broken many times, and how I, in my life, have been in moments where I felt like I was drowning in life. And we've also said that you possibly have been there before, too. You have been in those moments. And we say at Stuttgart Harvest Church that we're the perfect place for imperfect people. That's what we say. And each week I've asked you, and I'm going to ask you this week too, if you're our guest today, you are off the hook. You don't feel any pressure to have to respond to this. But if you're part of us, I just want to ask you, if you're comfortable, would you respond? Here's my question. Raise your hand with me if it is true that you have been at moments in your life, you have been broken. If moments in your life you have felt like in the circumstances you were in that you were drowning. So I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. Now here's a new question for this week. Many of you know someone in Stuttgart Harvest Church. Again, we're not talking about this building. This is just a building. You, the people, you are Stuttgart Harvest Church. Many of us know someone in Stuttgart Harvest Church who is hurting or who may be broken. And I'm going to ask you that question. Do you know someone in Stuttgart Harvest Church who might be broken or might be hurting? Who they may be possibly, raise your hand if that is true, they may feel like they are drowning. Do you know somebody? Again, I'm not alone. Many of us do. Thank you. One more question. How many of God, you could raise your hand again. How many of you believe that God will grow you up and He will even grow you through whatever has you or someone else feeling broken or feeling like they are drowning or hurting? Do you feel like God will grow you up and grow you through that? Me too. I do as well. So I think we can say that this really is the perfect place for imperfect people like you and me. Last week we talked about this verse that I'm getting ready to start with today. It's in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, two verses, hey, 3, verse 8, 9, and 10. Let's, let's read this. Here it is. Just listen as we read. Verse 8. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Now verse 9. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Now here's what this is good and so gracious. This passage is saying that God saves us because He is so good and so gracious, so merciful. He saves us not because we have done done something, not because we serve Him. We are not saved by serving. We are not saved. That's clear in this verse. We are not saved by the good things we do. We are not saved by serving. Now let's go to verse 10. See what else, see where else we go. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So, we can do the good things that He planned for us long ago. 
Let me read that one more time. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. So, we are not saved by serving. We are saved for serving. We're not saved by what we do. God has saved us clearly in this verse so that we can do something else that He has planned for us to do. We're not saved by serving. We are saved for serving. And you know, God paid a high price for that. God paid a really high price for us. He suffered a horrible, horrible death. Horrible, unimaginable torture before that death. Now, who would agree with me? Raise your hands if we agree that Jesus suffered a horrible death for us. Do you agree? I agree with you. Now, because He did that, because He paid a high price for us, our past is now forgiven. He took care of that on the cross. He paid for our past. Those decisions have been paid for that were our way, not God's way. That sin has been paid for. It is now history. It is behind us. It's paid for. Who has a past besides me? Just anybody? Am I alone? Okay. <laughs> we got some sinners here today. Me too. That's paid for. It's done. It was finished at the cross. Now, because He paid such a high price for us, also, also, He has taken care of those who choose to follow Him. Guess what? He's taking care of your future. So He took care of your past, and now He's taking care of your future. He has it all wrapped up. It is secure. It is solid. It's in Him. He's got a hold of it. He took care of your past, wiped it away. In this hand, He's got a hold of your future. You're good if you're a follower of Jesus. Now, here's a question for you. What does that leave us then? If He's taking care of the past and He's taking care of the present, what does that leave us with? Well, clearly, it leaves us with the present. It leaves us with right now, this moment, the present. You see, we can't do anything about the past. It's gone. We can't even really do anything about the future. It's ahead of us. What do we have? We only have right now. And very specifically, this moment. I was talking to Chris a moment ago and he reminded me. Guess who God says He is? He doesn't tell us that He was. He doesn't say, oh, by the way, I'm going to be. What does he say? I am. Right now. Dadgummit, right now. This moment. I am right now. And what do we have? We have right now. And guess what? He paid a high price for your right now. This moment. He paid a high price for you right now. He do with right now. And it's in this verse. 
He paid that high price for us so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Because of what He did for us, I think we can safely say we owe God, Jesus, our lives right now. I think we can safely say that. Paul really echoes that as well in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Very famous passage in the Bible. You may recognize this. It says, so then, my friends, because of God's great mercy, he says, I appeal to you. Offer yourself, because of his great mercy, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his, what? Service. Dedicated to His service and pleasing to Him, this is the true worship that you should offer. Wow. Do you know what this verse means? This verse means that when God called you to surrender to Him, He also, when He called you to follow, to surrender, He also called you to serve. When he called you to follow him, it is the very same thing as him calling you to serve him. Now last week we made a very bold but true statement. Last week we said that there is no such thing as a Christ follower who does not have visible fruit in their lives. Now that is a bold statement but it is very true. Listen to last week's teaching. There's no such thing as a Christ follower who does not have visible fruit that God is producing in them. No such, a very strong statement for today. There's no such thing as a non-serving Christ follower. Do you realize that regardless of your job, regardless of your career, you have been called to full-time Christian ministry. Full-time Christian service. You say, Harley, Harley, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. Full-time Christian service, Harley, that's what you do. You're the pastor. That's what you do. Full-time Christian ministry. Full-time Christian service. That is what you do. And, and I know, I, I know, listen, I realize that is what America thinks. That is the way America thinks. That the full-time Christian service, the full-time Christian ministry, that is for pastor and staff. It just happens to be very, very, very wrong. You know, the Bible uses the word pastor in the New Testament to describe what I do. It also uses the word uh, elders to describe what I do. Pastors, elders, kind of interchangeable about the same thing. But you know what the job of a pastor and an elder is? In the Bible, the job of the pastor and the elder really is to teach the church, the body of people, to train them, prepare them to serve. 
See, we kind of have it wrong in America. You have been called into ministry if you have been called to follow Jesus. You are a minister. And I know that's a scary word. But the words are interchangeable. Service is ministry. Ministering is serving. That makes you a minister. You might be thinking, okay, Harley, okay, okay, I can see that. I can give you that. I can see that. But right now, Harley, I'm, I am too messed up in my life to be a minister. I am too broken. I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm going under for the last time in life in these circumstances. I am too messed up. And here's what I have to say to you. I understand what you're saying. I've been there too. But do you know what I found? I have found, I have found that there is healing in your life through helping. It's true. It is true. Some of you say, okay, Harley, I, I can give you that. I understand that. But, you know, I've already been healed. That brokenness, that, 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 I, that big brokenness that I have had in my life, Harley, that's already been healed. It's done. It's over. And here's what I have to say to you. I can relate to, to that too. I, I understand what you're saying. I, listen, I've been there too. And I felt the same way. But here's what, what I have to offer. You have been healed so that you can help. You've been healed so that you can help. You know, our human nature... When we are drowning, we start concentrating all of our efforts, all of our thinking, all of our energy on ourselves and our circumstances. I am not a lifeguard. I'm not sure I can swim. Actually, I can't. I can swim. But I am no lifeguard. But I have been taught, I've been told, I have been around lifeguards. And you know what I learned in first aid? I learned that if someone is drowning, you have to be very, very careful as a responder. Because if you get too close to them yourself, personally, that person, in an effort to save themselves, that person will drown you and themselves. That sounds so far against what should happen, right? We should be trying to live. But that person, without meaning to, if they are drowning, if you get too close and they can get their hands on you, they will drown themselves and you. It is human nature. And the same thing applies to us in our spiritual lives, in our daily lives. When we feel like that we are drowning in the circumstances of life, in the troubles of life, we have a tendency to 
start concentrating all of our thinking, all of our efforts on the circumstance that is sinking us, on the, the things that are going on, and we fight and we struggle, and it seems like the, the more we struggle, the more we go under, the more we drown. It's like quicksand. The more we fight, the deeper we go. I have to give you a preface there, though. It's like quicksand from the 1970s when I was a kid. Because it turns out, I was so afraid of quicksand as a kid. And today, it's not near as big of a problem in my life as I thought it was going to be when I was in the sixth grade. I've never seen quicksand. <laughs> but in the 70s, it was in every TV show. How many times did Gilligan get stuck in quicksand? So with this illustration, you have to go back with me to the 1970s. The more we struggle, the deeper we go. The more we try to save our lives, the more we sink. The deeper we go. It's our human nature. But God's path what we think against very different. It, it seems to go against what we think, against what we think is the wise thing, the right thing. God's path is different. God's path is, as we are drowning in the circumstances of life, to step away from that and to start serving. That's His path. To step outside of ourselves as we are drowning and to start serving. That's God's path. The more we are inside of ourselves, the deeper we get. But when we step outside of ourselves, our circumstances, the things that are sinking us, And we begin to serve people around us. We stop drowning. That's why at Stuttgart Harvest Church, we say this. We don't wait until we get better and then serve. We serve to get better. We don't wait until our life is in order, until everything is right and everything's in its place, and I get this fixed. I get my brokenness healed. I get all of these habits taken care of, and then I'll serve. No, that's not what we say. We say we serve to get better. That's who we are. The Bible describes us all as um, part of a body. All is part, all of part of God's body, body. Really, if you're a follower of Jesus, the New Testament describes you as part of the body of Christ. And it's this kind of figuratively speaking, we're part of the body. And in this church, Stuttgart Harvest Church, you're part of the body. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're part of us, and you have a specific part of the body that God has engineered, designed you to fulfill and to be that part of the body. 
That's how he's designed you. Now think with me for a moment about your physical body. Your physical body. If you have a part of your body that on the inside of you decides, I'm going to stop functioning. I'm going to stop doing what I have been designed and engineered to do inside of your body, and I'm going to stop doing that, then that means you are going to get sick. And that means your body, the rest of your body, is going to suffer. Think of it. Let's say your stomach. I, I picked that because it's the easiest thing for you to see. <laughs> Up here anyway, I can't speak for you. Let's say your stomach, though. Let's say your stomach decides to start living for itself. It's like, I am fed up with you body. I've you long enough for really have been feeding you. I have been getting nutrients to you. I have been feeding you long enough for a really long time. I have been serving so long in this body. I really, Harley, I need a year off. I need a break. I mean, after all, the stomach says, I've been doing this so long. Let's give someone else in the body a chance to serve. I really need a year off so I can step back and, and I can just be fed. I just need to attend and be fed. I just need to be fed. If that's the case in your life, if your stomach took a break, took a year off, you would grow weak and you would die. And that is what is happening in so many churches. Slowly, I'm going to take a week, I'm going to take a Parts of the body step back and say, I'm just going to take a year off. I'm going to take a week, I'm going to take a month, I'm going to take a season, I'm going to take off. I'm going to let other people have a chance. And slowly over the course of time, fewer and fewer, fewer and fewer people are doing all the work of the body and it's just now suddenly five, six, seven people doing work of all the body. Then two, then one, and the body dies. It happens all over the world. But really, especially in America. Jesus said, nope. If you're part of my body, it's not going to be like that. I don't want you to think like that. I want you to think differently. Jesus is saying, I want you to think like I think. And then he tells us exactly how he thinks. And he gives that to us in Matthew chapter 20. Here's what Jesus, Son of God, God even the Son of Man, that's just another word for Jesus, the Son of God, God Himself, even Jesus, the Son of Man, came not to be served, but to serve others. That's why He came. And it's not done. To give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus said, I want you to think like me. Most Americans, though, we don't. Most of us are convenience 
servants. You know, if we can fit it in the schedule, if we can fit it in our crowded day, our crowded week, or a crowded year, crowded month, we'll, you know, we'll fit it in. We might, I might do it. If I can fit it in, I'll do it. Convenience, servants. Or sometimes we're guilt servants. We've said, no, I can't do that. No, I can't do that. Oh, I can't be a part of that. I wish I could. I can't be a part of that. I can't be a part of that. And suddenly we've said no for so long that the guilt mounts and we say, oh, I've got to say yes to something. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. And we tack it on to the end of our schedule. Guilt servants. But servants, according to Jesus and according to His design and His plan, that's who we are if we're following Jesus and it is not, it is not glamorous. It's not glamorous. In fact, we have to climb down from wherever we have climbed up to and we have to get down and dirty and serve. If. We're following Jesus. We are servants because Jesus chose himself to be a servant. Now, let's look at that verse again. Jesus said, I came to do what? To serve. And secondly, on that same line, I came to give. Jesus came to serve and he came to give, and those two words must define us as well if we are followers of Jesus. Think about it this way. Let's just say, if you want to take the year off of serving so that you can attend and you can just get fed, you want to take the year off to attend and get fed, well, here's the question. What are you going to do with all that food? You're going to get fat. That's all. You're going to get fat because you were not designed to sit back and get fed. Spiritually, God has not designed you to come in here and sit and get fed. God has designed you. When you are fed, that food is fuel. So you can do the good things He's planned for you to do from the very beginning of time. Serving happens to be opposite of our human nature. When creation broke, when, when I broke, when you broke, we got selfish. Our outlook on life changed when we broke. You see, our human nature is more interested in, hey, serve us. Serve us. I, I'm much more interested in you serving me. Serve us. And Rick Warren said, no, 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 no. We should be interested in service. Not serve us. As we follow Jesus, and as we grow, 
the result of that must be that we become more and more like Jesus. We think more and more like Jesus. We, and Jesus came more of the things that Jesus did. And Jesus came to serve and He came, He said, His words, to give. And that should define us as well. We have to move from the thinking that says, let's see, I'm going to go to an area and let's see, I'm looking for a church. I'm looking for a church that can really meet my needs and the needs of my family. I'm looking for a church that can give me what I need. I'm looking for a church in this area that can meet my needs. And then you say, oh, yeah, yeah, I think that one will do it. So let's go over here. And then we get into that church and we say, now, let's see, I'm looking for someone in this church that can meet my needs, that can do for me what I need. I'm looking, I'm looking, oh yeah, maybe here, maybe this class, maybe that. We have to move from that thinking to the thinking that says this, I'm in this church, this church. I'm going to plant my life with this church. Now, let me see, whose needs? Can I meet? Who needs me? That's the way we need to think. And you see, it's not just a suggestion. It's not just this hope that Jesus has for His church. It's actually an expectation that Jesus has for anyone who's a follower of His. And we are going to give an account to God Himself. We're going to give an account directly to God of how well we loved and served those people around us versus how much time and energy we spent loving and serving ourselves. That's a big deal. Let me, let me tell you the heartbeat of Stuttgart Harvest Church. We've talked about it in this series. This is where we... We are a church of grace. Grace. We are a church of grace. A church of grace that says to all the people around us, you come just as you are. With, with all of your, your troubles and your problems and your hurts and your brokenness and, and your circumstances of feeling like you are drowning in life, just like you are. You don't have to clean it up. You don't have to fix it up. You don't have to change it. Just come. That's grace. That's how Jesus asked us to come to Him. That's how we at Stuttgart Harvest Church ask you to come. Just grace. Plus, we don't leave it there. Grace plus truth. Because God says to us, you come just as you are. That's grace. But He says, I love you too much to leave you the way I found you. I love you too much to leave you broken. I love you too much to leave you drowning. That would not be love at all. That would not be caring at all. If God just said, you're here, now, now work it out. And just left us drowning. He says, no, 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 no. I love you too much to leave you the way I found you. Grace, that's who we are, plus truth, that He loves us too much to leave us the way He found us. Plus, last week we said, 
time. Now, this is just who we are as a church. Grace plus truth plus time. In other words, over the course of time, as you follow Jesus, as I follow Jesus, God produces, He does it, produces fruit in our lives and through our lives over the course of time. And He's 100%. He's never missed a one. Everyone who's really following Him produces that fruit. Grace plus truth plus time. And it leads us to today. Just part of who we are. Grace plus truth plus time minus you. And minus me. Grace plus truth plus time minus us. In other words, we have to step outside of our natural tendency. Outside of our natural response. Outside of who we are. Outside of our selfishness. Grace plus truth plus time minus us. Minus our selfishness. It means that we step down from wherever we have climbed up to. We step down and we get dirty and we serve. Some say, yeah, yeah, Harley, I, I got you. I do that. I, I, I serve the people around me and the community. I, I, I do that. I, I, I mean, I may not do much in the church, but I do serve the people around me at work and the community. And I say this to you. Don't, don't miss God's purpose for you in your life. God has two great big things for your life. God has a mission for you and for me in this world outside of this group of people called the church. He has a mission for you in the world. Yes, we must be a part of that. And at the same time, He has a ministry, a service for you inside the church. Don't miss that. But we have to get down from wherever we are and we have to serve. The problem is, by nature, I, <laughs> I want to be first. The problem is, by nature, I, I want to serve myself. The problem is, by nature, I don't want to serve you. I want to get what I want. But Jesus wants us to be more like Him. And He told us exactly what that is. He said, I came to serve and I came to give. I don't have to convince you that we are broken. I don't have to convince you that in certain areas of our life we are drowning. You know that because you feel the pain just like I feel the pain in my life. And everything about that pain of being broken and I can step out. You do. That says, says Harley, listen, if anyone deserves to step back and step out, you do. And your pain tells you that. You deserve step back, just step away. Focus on you for right now. Focus on you for now. Give that brokenness time to heal. Step back and heal. Serve later. But I think you will find it very difficult to look throughout history, throughout the Bible, you will find it difficult to find one person 
that God used that was not in some way broken and maybe even drowning. Throughout the Bible, God called people, broken, hurting people, to follow Him and to serve. That's what He did. He called murderers to serve. He called prostitutes. He called cheaters. And He called liars. He called substance abusers and forced people. Ended before they thought things through. Rash people. Divorced people. Injured people. Adulterers. People who chased after and loved money. People who were selfish. People who were short-tempered. People who had speech impediments. He called people who had mental illness. People who had physical handicaps. Broken people. God uses broken, drowning, hurting people. And here's my question. What are you waiting for? He's called you too. He's called me too. Broken, drowning, hurting people. I have a simple question for you. What serving team are you on right now? Many of you are serving with us right now. And if you're not, then I just simply ask this. Will you join us in serving? Will you serve with us? And if you will, will you mark the connection card on the back where it says, I I want more information about serving. And my administrative partner this week is ready to send you information about our serving teams. Information about how you can serve with us. We would love you to be a part. I have one more request. When you mark that on the back of your card, please make sure as neatly as possible we can read that phone number and we can read that email address. And we'll get back with you this week. And you can help us do what God has called us to do. We are not this way because of me. We are this way because God is doing something in us. A church of grace. You're helping us. A church that says, come just as you are. All of your brokenness, just walk in. You don't have to get it straightened up or cleaned up or right before you get just just show up. Just come. You're helping us do that. Uh, You're helping us become a place of truth that says God loves us too much to leave us the way He found us. Grace plus truth plus time that says over the course of time, over the course of time, God slowly changes us and begins to bring fruit out of our lives. He does it over the course of time. You're helping us become a church of grace plus truth plus time minus us as we step outside of our own wants, our own desires, our own thinking of this is how church should be, this is what I want church to be, and we simply start serving the people around us. You are doing that. And we ask you, If you have not yet joined a team, will you just join us? 
serve beside us. Grace plus truth plus time minus us. Let's pray. Jesus, it is easy, so very easy, to focus on our own hurts, to look around us and to see who, who will make us feel better. Jesus, it is so easy to focus on what we want and to look around and to see who can help me get that. Jesus, it's so easy to step back and to say, I've done my part, I've done my part, it's now somebody else's turn, I need to take a break. Jesus, it's so easy to say, not now, not now, I'll do that later when I have time. But Jesus, that's not what you did. Jesus, you did not come to be served. You came to serve and you came to give and you gave your life as a sacrifice for us all. And now you ask us to follow your example. You ask us to serve. Jesus, you ask us to give. Jesus, don't leave us alone about this. Keep placing this in our thoughts this week. May we follow you. May we serve. May we give. As we follow your example, Jesus, and it is in your name, Jesus, that we pray these things. Amen.